has so many hits uh, that uh, when you hear the hook, you just know what it is, right? You, you know what it is. You've been playing the best, some of the best. Um, Janice Corpus is deeper than some of you think. Uh, we've been playing some of the best of uh, Miss Jackson, if you're nasty. Uh, all three hours of our program today, given that June is Black Music Month, and we are celebrating every day a different, iconic African-American artist. And today, it has been Demita Joe, Janet Jackson, uh, and... Uh, Hope you have enjoyed hearing some of Janet's stuff as we have moved through these three hours. We are now in the last half hour of today's three-hour program, and I am pleased to be joined by Arthur Smith, known for creating and producing some of the longest-running unscripted series in all of television history, including Hell's Kitchen and American Ninja Warrior, in his new book just out called Reach, Hard Lessons and Learned Truths from a Lifetime in Television. Smith recounts a remarkable journey in this business, and I am honored to have Arthur Smith on this program. Mr. Smith, how are you, sir? Uh, listen, I'm honored to be with you today, but uh, thank you for saying that. No, I'm honored to have you on. Thank you for these uh, minutes that we have to, to talk about uh, your career that I couldn't do justice to in 30 minutes, but let me do my best. Uh, let, me, let me start by asking um, how it is that you found your way, we'll get to all your hits in a moment here and talk about the book, but how is it that this became uh, your work and your witness, this business, this industry? How did, how, did, how, did, how did this end up being your thing, Arthur Smith? You know, it was a strange route. I grew up in Montreal, Canada, with absolutely no connection to the entertainment business. Not only that, I was the shyest of shy kids. And I was the kid that my parents worried about. Um, and there's a, story that I tell in the book, there's a story that I tell in the book of something that happened to me when I was nine years old, and it changed my life. And it was a, it was something that happened, and I, I'm not I'm going to tease it. I'm not going to reveal what it is today, but it was so significant that it was the first time in my life where I had to step out of my comfort zone, and a shy kid stepping out of my comfort zone, and I learned the power of reach. The book is called Reach because it's all about stories that are connected to when you reach, you find out what you're capable of. When you reach, you realize the difference between a pipe dream and what you haven't dared to try just yet. And I know, Tavis, you know something about reaching because I know your story, man. Mm -hmm. And you, you've done it many times in your life. And, it's, and, you know, I find that people, you know, edit themselves too much. They overanalyze themselves too much. And, you know, listen, just because you reach doesn't mean it's going to happen. You still have to prepare. You still have to do the work. Mm -hmm. So what happened for me when I was nine years old, like I said, it's this one incident. And, of course, when I was nine years old, I didn't realize that it was happening subconsciously. Sure. But it led me to a career as an actor, which was weird for a shy kid. I ended up getting uh, parts in some movies, and then I was on television sitcoms. But every time I was on set, Tavis, I was so interested in what was going on behind the scenes. Mm. I would run into the control room. I would ask a million questions from the director and, and the producer. And I realized, you know, that the making of television was actually more appealing to me than being on television. And I went, ended up going to TV film school, and I got a very good break. At, uh, at CBC Sports in Canada with a sports producer. Somehow, talk about reach, they made me president of the sports division. I was 28 years old. <laughs> how it happened and how the madness happened and the, you know, the shock of it all is covered in the book. But then Dick Clark moves me to L.A. and gets me my green card. Yep. And you know, Dick was the most impactful mentor of my life. And that's also um, a crazy reach story. And and then, um, and then that led to 
you know, senior positions. I was a senior executive at, at, at uh, MCA Universal. Yep. Um, and then I ended up going back to sports and, and, and running, um, you know, as head of programming production and news at Fox Sports. And then I started my company 23 years ago. And, uh, you know, I can't believe we've done 200 shows for 50 networks. And, and you mentioned a couple of them. And, um, you know, this is what I want to do. Uh, you know, it's funny. As a shy kid, Tavis, you know, television was my friend. Mm-hmm. You know, it kept me company. You know, when I tell people I was shy, and, and you're probably going, this kid, this person was never shy. No, no, no. I was the kid. I was the kid staring out the window. We moved from one suburb to another, like five miles away, and it was traumatic. I didn't leave the house. Mm-hmm. So, um, but anyhow, it's 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 so important, you know. And and I and I know about your your beginnings in in in, um, in, in Mississippi, and then you're moving to Bunker Hill, Indiana. Mm. You know, I know your story, Tavis. I, I see. know all about it. I see. Let, let, and, and, and by the way. <laughs> Go ahead, go ahead, and go ahead. all the twists and turns that your life took, and so you—I know you get the power of reach. Oh, I get it. I get it immensely. Which I wanted to have you on. Um, let me go back to that right quick. Um, you mentioned your your life uh, life defining moment at, at age nine. You mentioned that you know saw my story, which I won't get into now. Uh, but at age twelve, I had a life altering uh, experience as well, <laughs> and I raise that only because there's no way that I'm sitting here in this studio today. There's no way that I've done radio and television for 30 years. There's no way that I got a star on the Walk of Fame and on the Time 100 list and honorary doctorate degrees and all this other stuff that I've been blessed to experience in my career. I've got my blessings. You've got your blessings. None of this happens to me if that experience um, doesn't happen to me at the age of 12. I, I say all that to ask whether or not if you hadn't had that moment at the age of nine, do you become the Arthur Smith that we know you as today? I don't think so. Yeah. I don't think so. It's like when I, when I trace my steps all the way back to that moment, um, you know, because listen, when you were 12 and when I was nine, we probably didn't realize it was happening to us, but there was a message in there. There was something that was going into our subconscious. Mm-hmm. And we realized that that was a, you know, it was a very empowering thing, whatever, you know, whatever, you know, that incident was. Yeah. And I, no, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't think I'm where I am today. And it's funny because, you know, we all have family. I have young nephews and nieces, and I look at them, and some of them are 9 and 12 and 13, and I think about how important it is to support them. Yes, yes. And, yes, uh, yes. you know, Travis, one of the things that, that I believe, and, and, I, and I was fortunate, I say it's easier to reach when you're reaching from a strong foundation, mm-hmm. right? And, I, and, I, and, and that foundation was my parents. When I say a strong foundation, it's like I, I use the analogy, if you're standing on a table, and the table is sturdy, and you go up to change the light bulb, it's much easier than standing on a table that's wobbling. Mm-hmm. For me, that foundation was my parents, and I was blessed with great parents, and, and I talk a lot about them in the book and sure. the effect that they had on me. Now, not everybody has great parents, and not everybody you know, had the blessing that I did, but that doesn't mean you can't build a strong foundation. And sometimes that strong foundation can come from your grandparents, and sometimes it can come from your friends, but it's important. We all need, we all need people because you don't get there alone. It, yeah. just, it just doesn't happen. Nope. I say all the time that uh, we are who we are because somebody loved us. We are who we are because somebody yes. loved us. And I, I take your point. Let me, I, let me ask you right quick. I'm watching my clock here. Um, there's been a lot of talk of late, uh, sometimes for good reasons, sometimes for bad reasons. Uh, but Jeff Zucker, who I've known for many, many years, uh, has been in the news a lot of late. And I raise it only because he was a wonderkin um, back in the day, in his 20s. This guy was running yeah. the Today Show and running NBC News, and uh, he's had an amazing 
acting career. Uh, and you were uh, sort of wonder kid yourself uh, at 28. Here you are running a major, you know, a major outfit. Um, what when you look back on it, what do you take away from having that much authority, that much power, that much control in this industry at the age of 28? You know, um, listen, I, I, whatever job I'm in, at least when I start that job, I'm in it, you know, uh, for what it is. I'm not looking too far ahead. So, the, the, you know, I was very happy being an executive producer at CBC. I had produced three Olympic Games, and uh, they had come to me and said, you know, we want to make the head of the sports division. And at first my reaction was, you know, I'm not sure I'm right for this. I mean, I'm, I know TV, but I don't know. At least I thought I did. At least I think I do. <laughs> and, but I don't know marketing and negotiating and sales. And they said, don't worry, you'll learn. And, you know, I, I must admit to something, you know, that when I was so young, I don't think I appreciated, you know, what I had. Yeah. I don't. Yeah. And, and, and it, one of the lessons of my life, I don't believe in regrets. I just don't. I believe everything's meant to be. But the one thing I, I, I did learn as I got older is that so many, there is a danger to overreaching. There is a danger in that sometimes um, that when you're someone who's always looking ahead and, you're amb- amb- and you are ambitious, you tend to not appreciate the now. Yes. And, and, and I've been guilty of that. And, and by the way, it's something I still have to work on. It's, 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 I'm still a work in progress, but I'm a lot better at it. So when, yes. I was, when I got to that place, when I got to that place when I was 28 years old, um, I, you know, certainly I did the work. Um, I took the responsibility seriously. And by the way, I will tell you, when I was producing and directing, I did the LA Olympics when I was when I was 24 years old, mm. and uh, you know, it 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 was hard, and people didn't really like me. You know, I was like, there was, you know, especially when I started when I at CBC, it was, you know, I, I was the one like they all went, everybody went up for lunch and they left me in the office. You got this picture <laughs> of me sitting in my office, and, and those first and those first year or two. Like I'd be, I'd be calling my parents and go, I don't know if I can take this. Everybody hates me. And they go, don't worry, you'll, you'll eventually. And my dad used to say, kill them with kindness. Just do your work, do your work. And then, and then finally, you know, it, which was great, uh, you know, and almost magical that, you know, the guy who interviewed me for the job, um, you know, ended up working for me. Wow. So it, it, yeah, life, it's funny how life turns. No, life uh, does have interesting twists and turns. When we come forward in our conversation with Arthur Smith, I want to talk about that association with Dick Clark. It's hard to talk about people in this industry who've had uh, extreme success without putting Dick Clark on that list. And it was Dick Clark that brought Arthur Smith to L.A. And the rest, as they say, is history. But I want to probe into those Dick Clark years uh, that Arthur had. Uh, and again, Dick Clark's an icon in this industry. And I want to hear some stories from Arthur about that. Arthur's book is called Reach, Hard Lessons and Learned Truths from a Lifetime in Television. More with him when we come forward on KBLA Talk 1580 listening to Arthur Smith on KBLA Talk 1580. His new book is called Reach, Hard Lessons and Learn Truths from a Lifetime in Television. Um, so, Arthur, I wanna, I'm want to i watching my time, but we've got uh, seven minutes between now and the top of the hour, and I will wrap this program for today. Um, Dick Clark, that's all i got to say. Talk to me, man. <laughs> well, you know, uh, I was a big fan of Dick Clark growing up, uh, like a lot of people were. And, uh, you know, sometimes um, ignorance is bliss. And I didn't really know how the business worked. So I did something kind of kooky. I, uh, I wrote a letter to Dick Clark. I wrote this long letter. Uh, when I became head of CBC Sports when I was young, you know, television is my first love. Sports is a close second. Um, but I, 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 was, I felt so fortunate that I was able to do what I, 
you know, had accomplished, uh, you know, by such a young age in sports. So I said, you know, I want to try other things. And so I wrote this letter to Dick Clark, this long rambling letter about my life and my career and my passion. And he wrote me back. And, um, and then he said, come to LA and I, you know, I want to talk to you. And I sat down and Dick and I, right from the very beginning, by the way, I should say, how warm he was, how humble he was, mm-hmm. how disarming he was. And we spoke, we spoke for two hours. Um, and at the end of it, he said, I have, he was always very honest. I have no idea what to do with you, but I like you. And he said, I'll call you in a few weeks. And, um, and then eventually he called and, and, and offered me the job. And uh, I went to work with him and he was amazing. I learned a ton from Dick. But there's a story that's not in the book that I'll share with you. Because Dick was very competitive. Mm-hmm. Dick, was looking for, Dick was looking for a reference. You know, so he called his, this gentleman in Canada by the name of Harold Greenberg, who was kind of like a mogul in Canada. He produced the movie Porky's and he owned cable channels. He was also Dick Clark's distributor for his programs in Canada. And he called Harold and he said, hey, Harold, do you know this guy, Arthur Smith? And Harold, Harold says, yeah, Dick, uh, he's the head of CBC Sports. He's a young guy. He goes, I'm thinking uh, I'm going to offer him a job in the next week. And Dick goes, oh, thank you very much, Harold. They got to go. Hangs up, calls me, offers me the job. So, <laughs> but that, that was Dick, you know, he was, you know, I think, you know, Tavis, I think he probably would have offered me the job anyhow, but, but he did it a lot sooner because uh, he didn't, he didn't want to get beat by anybody. Mm-hmm. Um, what, what do you think, what do you think of his, uh, his imprint? Uh, when I think of television, again, it's hard to talk about television and not include him on a list of, um, uh, of of change makers uh, of icons, but uh, I don't need to color the question much more than that. What do you think of the impact, the imprint that Dick Clark had on our business? Oh my God! Um, you know, Dick was one of the things about Dick, and and you know this, Travis, from living in L.A. and stuff like that. There's a lot of people in in L.A. who think just of the coast, and they produce programming that's great for L.A. and great for people of New York, but. You know, Dick thought about the middle of the country. He was very humble. He was a hamburger and fries. He wasn't filet mignon. You know, that was him. So, you know, everything that he did was always very commercial. And he was a, you know, he was always leading it. You know, of course, starting with bandstand and mm-hmm. some of the things he did uh, for racial rights and 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 things that he believed in. And uh, you know, um, so so I mean, he was just an amazing guy. You know, all that he's done. You know, the award shows. You know, the reason why the American Music Awards exist because. Dick was smart. He was an entrepreneur. He saw it was the year that the Grammys went from ABC to CBS. Mm-hmm. And Dick said, well, there's an opening on ABC. I'm going to start the American Music Awards. And, um, you know, but, but with everything that he did, New Year's Rock and Eve, this is an institution. He was a pioneer. He was a pioneer in so many ways. And he's connected to so many music artists because of Bandstand. It's funny, Dick, like I said, he was a great businessman. He, because of Bandstand, he owns, you know, the biggest music archive um, in the business. Like nobody has the library, the yep. video library that Dick Clark, Dick Clark has. So what did he do? He went out and bought all the other libraries so that he would have complete control. It's like every, every time Entertainment Tonight runs a piece about Chuck yeah. Berry or, or Madonna's first appearance on TV or an early appearance by Michael Jackson, they got to call Dick Clark Productions. Yep. And, uh, so, you know, he was, he was just 
very smart, and 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 I learned a lot. A lot of what my company is today has been patterned after yeah. what what I learned with as, uh, with as, as well as well it should be. I got less than three minutes left in this conversation because you are one of the yeah. great producers uh, of of unscripted television series. Like I said, Hell's Kitchen, American Ninja Warrior, a lot more. If I had the time, um, talk to me about the about the present state and the future of unscripted TV as you see it. Well, I think it's, you know, with the growth of, you know, all these outlets that, you know, there's just so many ways it can go. You know, it used to be like, you know, when there was less networks, you know, sometimes game shows are in, sometimes documentaries are in. Now everything is in. Mm -hmm. You just have to find a place to put it. And, you know, but I believe in taking chances. I believe even in, develop, you know, I talk, the subject of my book as, or the, uh, the theme of the book is reaching. And I believe that when we do programs, you know, I want to do things that are fresh. American Ninja Warrior, there's no reason for an obstacle course show to be on in prime time in NBC in its 15th season. Mm. But there's a lot of stuff that's in the DNA of Ninja Warrior, and it's a long, crazy route how the show ended up on NBC and a little bit of good luck. I believe we make a good fortune. This show was a cable show on G4. But the journey on how it made its way to NBC is crazy. Hell's Kitchen, you know, which you've talked about. Uh, thanks for that. We're in our 22nd season. At the time, in 2004, there had never been a successful network food show. No one knew who Gordon Ramsay was at the time. And that was the reach. Mm -hmm. and, uh, and, and that show sat on the shelf for six months before Fox put it on. So, uh, listen, I believe the more you try, the luckier you get. And, mm -hmm. and, you know, I know we have limited time, Tavis. I so appreciate it. I just want to point out that in the book, there are stories about Dick Clark and Little Richard and Dwayne Johnson and Gordon Ramsay and Simon Cowell and Magic Johnson and Donald Trump's in there, of course, because mm -hmm. I have a story with Donald uh, and Rupert Murdoch and, and, a, and a lot of other people, and a lot of everyday people who just aren't famous. But all of the stories are selected for the theme of the book. They're not my like the greatest things that have ever happened to me in my life. What they are um, are stories that support the power of reach. And I, I'd like to... You know, I tried to do a memoir, but a memoir with a purpose. Yep. And that purpose is get out there and try. Get out there and try. Put yourself out there. Great advice and a great way to end this program today. Uh, his book is called Reach, Hard Lessons and Learned Truths from a Lifetime in Television. And he ought to know he is one of the great producers uh, when it comes to unscripted TV. And uh, I recommend highly his book. Arthur Smith, man, congratulations on the text. Good to have you on. All the best to you, my friend. Thank you, buddy. I appreciate you having me on. My great delight. Stay strong. And there you have it. Three hours gone, just like that. Uh, time now for the KBLA Midday Money Chain. Up next, the Millionaire's Roundtable with Lynn Richardson, followed by Ahead of the Crypto Curve with Naja Roberts. Old money, new money. Either way, we got you covered here on KBLA Talk 1580. Tomorrow, the best of Tavis Smiley. Uh, until then, thanks for tuning in. And as always, keep the faith.